Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. Well, before I get too deep in this, uh, is there a gentleman that would like to come and do it? (laughs) JR is very, like, low right now. JR, did you want to do this? Nope. Sorry, Judy. It's all me. All right. Well, why, why are we talking about that? Why would we talk about this? We will talk about this because over the course of this worship uh, series that we're doing, we're talking about scriptural speed bumps, pieces of scripture that are difficult, that uh, some of us get very angry at. We're talking about some things that other people outside the church are very aware of, and they may throw back at the church to say that we're antiquated or that we're hypocrites. A lot of things that that come out of some of these scriptures. And so today's, I think you can see the problem with today's. Today's scripture, I I have been hit with many times. I have had a large number of people over the course of my life tell me that I should not be pursuing ordination, that I should not be ordained, that I should not be preaching, because it says so right here in 1 Corinthians that you should not. Now, I don't usually get into debates about whether or not they've ever had a cheeseburger or they wear a cotton blend. However, we need to confront this. We need to talk about why is this text here? And the answer to that is not to just gloss over it and go, well, we'll just pretend like it's not there. It's there, and people know it's there, so we have to talk about it. And God equips us to have these conversations. And the point of having this conversation is that there have been innumerable, I could not begin to fathom the number of women that have been hurt by this scripture. I could not begin to quantify for you the number of people who never did get to fulfill their call to ministry because that was used to bar the gates of the kingdom. It is at stake. You saw what's at stake. Leah came up here and she accepted God's grace. We did not pour out water and Holy Spirit on her just to tell her that she is a second-class citizen. We did not do this to say, well, we want you here in body, but we don't want you here in word. We don't want to hear your spirit. So when you come of age and you think to yourself, maybe God has something for me to speak to, that she would grow up to think that she is less than, that she is not capable or, God forbid, worthy. It is important that we edify all of God's children, that they all discover their voice, their witness, their testimony, and are unimpeded in sharing that, that blessing with the world. So why is it in here? Why is that text in 1 Corinthians? Well, the first thing is that we have to remember the context. How many of you would like it right now if I said, I'm going to need the last photograph you took on your phone. I'm going to need the last thing that you posted on social media and the last email you sent. And I'm going to post them on the church webpage and they're all about to become church law. Would you like that? Most people are not real excited about that. And they would say, well, you're not going to understand the context, or I'm not usually that mean. I was in an angry moment. You know, you want to you qualify what's going on here, right? You want to you give me some frame of reference. Well, let's get some frame of reference for the scripture. We have to remember that Paul, the apostle, called after Christ was resurrected and ascended, 
He had an encounter with Jesus, and he believed that Jesus was sending him to the outskirts of the Roman Empire to plant churches, to start congregations, and to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. And he did that. He traveled from town to town, usually because of his tent-making business. And while he was there doing economic work, he took the opportunity to have conversations and to introduce people to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as he did that, he continually moved on. He didn't stay in one place and plant a church like we now think of planting a church. He planted a church in people and then moved on to the next group of people. And then things happen. Right? Sometimes things don't go the same when the planter, the founder, leaves. Right? Clearly, the, the apostles behaved in one way when Jesus was with them, and then in a different way when Jesus wasn't. I mean, I, this is going to be really weird. I want you to try to picture children that don't act the same when their parents are present. Why don't you try to picture this? Or think about this. You know, if you're a parent, and you have to go to a meeting or you have to go, you're having a night out maybe. Maybe it's a completely just a, a, kid, a kidless night and you're just going to go out to enjoy yourself. And you get a qualified babysitter and then you go out and all of a sudden you get a text message that says, things are not going well. Now maybe you can run home, maybe you can't. If you can't run right back home, then now you have to send back in writing something to triage until you can get home and lay down the law. So you send something just to get everybody to sit down and be quiet for a moment. Make them go to bed early. Don't lock them in the closet. I know it's a tough temptation. You know, whatever it is that you have to send back. Well, that's what Paul was doing. There are multiple letters to the church of Corinth because they were what we lovingly call in the clergy industry special. They were special. They were feisty. They were a little bit tumultuous. And Paul continually had to send them letters. Now, sometimes Paul sent a letter of edification. You're doing a good job. Keep it up. Sometimes Paul sent a letter like, stop it. What is wrong with you? Why would you do these things? Just cut it out. I'm coming back. Until I get there, you're all going to sit down and behave yourselves. And that's exactly what Paul is doing. He's telling them to be quiet. He sent them a letter. He didn't send a letter to all of Christendom. He didn't send a letter to a church in a continent that I cannot even fathom called Crozet United Methodist Church in a denomination that I don't even know exists. He didn't send that. Instead, he sent a letter to a very specific group of people to help them with a very specific problem. And what is their problem? Some feisty women in that church. I've been in churches with feisty women. I've been in churches with feisty men. I've been in churches with a feisty family. I've been in churches where you got some kids that are making a ruckus. I've been in churches where you have youth making a ruckus. And I haven't been a part of that kind of thing since I turned 20. But I heard that that happens occasionally. And so we have to remember that sometimes sin is here too, right? Sometimes we're regular human beings. Yes, God's grace is upon us. Yes, we believe that we are being perfected by God's love. But oh, those sinful inclinations, they're deeply etched in that heart. And so they reveal themselves over time. And so Paul was telling a very specific group of people that they needed to stop. Now, maybe they were those people that just constantly had a question. You ever met those people? I have a question. I just answered your question. Well, I have another one. And by the way, this is completely off topic. It's going to run us down a rabbit hole, but we're going to talk about it right now. Okay. And so they had people that were throwing off the life of the church because they were all caught up in whatever argument or questions that they had. And finally, Paul was like, just sit down. We'll talk about it later. Now, if you come to church 
sporadically, or you listen to my sermons, you'll probably hear me talk about my son. I love my son. However, if you listen to my sermons, you might think that my son is Satan spawn. Because I like to point out the things that he does that makes me grateful that Jesus Christ is real. Right? I like to point that out, that, oh Lord, I'm so glad you're real because I'm going to kill this kid and do a wonderful funeral and say nice things. But I love my son, and the truth is that overall my son is a really good kid. He's feisty, and some days he's special, but I love him. And if all you do is listen to when I have something crazy to report back about him, you think, what is wrong with this pastor's kid? What is wrong with this kid? Because that's what you hear. That's what you would think. But that's only a piece of it. I don't have the full view if all you do is listen to the every now and then when I say he said something absolutely unethical, not doctrinal, scripturally inaccurate, and really frustrating, right? Well, that's all you would think that you would have. But instead, you have to know. If you get to hang around with my kid, he's verbally precocious, he's really intelligent, and he can actually be a really nice kid. But then he can also manifest sinfulness like all of us, right? That's the difference is that in Corinth, you had a group of people that Paul was specifically talking to. To take that and say, all women should be silent. All women should be silent. We don't want to hear what they have to say. Well, that's fine. I offered any guy who was in here the opportunity to come up and preach, and I saw y'all chomping at the bit, right? That's the difference is that what we forget is that God is empowering every person with the Holy Spirit. All of us are given the same portion of God's Spirit to do the work of the kingdom. And that is given unequivocally. We give it to Leah because she wants it. Her family wants it for her. We give it to her. We don't go, oh, I'm sorry, honey. These are, this is only for boys. We don't do that. We do it because God said, go forth and baptize all nations. All nations, all peoples, all of them. And to get caught up in what you think you see is to pervert the gospel. Because I don't stand before you as an American citizen. I don't come here and preach to you as a Caucasian. I don't come before you as a woman. I don't even come to you as a 30-something. I come to you as a disciple of Jesus Christ, the one true Savior. And that is not based upon my chromosome count. It is not based on any organs I may or may not have. Instead, it is about the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit and what God has asked me to do. And there are plenty of people in this world who God is asking to do things and scriptures like this are used to slam the doors in their face, keep them out, become not just an impediment, but an obstacle over which they cannot triumph. And for what? Because we don't like the vessel. We don't like what we see, and so therefore we won't listen. We don't want to believe that somebody like that can be used by God. We would rather have something that looks like what we think, something that sounds with the English that we prefer. Because I'm sure if a brown-skinned Judean Jew who spent his entire earthly ministry homeless came in here and started speaking Aramaic to us, we would all go, praise the Lord, I understand now. Instead, it's about understanding that each and every person is capable of speaking God's truth. This morning, I had the kids up here for 930, and we were talking about blessings. And I said to them at one point, do you know that a group of unicorns is called a blessing? 
Do you know that? They were like, no. I said, that's right. We went on a little bit. And I said, so what is a group of unicorns called? They said, a blessing. I said, what's a group of kids called? A blessing. That'll preach. Because the light of Jesus Christ shines in them. And that is holy speak. And the fact that it came out of a little girl with a fantastic dress on (laughs) should not impede the veracity and the truth of the statement. It is a true statement. They are a blessing. Go in a church with no children. You will know. Instead, they recognized. They could feel the truth and they spoke it. I'm sorry, darling, I can't have you speak. I need to hear from your brother over here who's banging his head against the railing. (laughs) Please don't cloud our room anymore with your slightly higher octave. Is that really what we want the church to be? Is that really what we think? That it's more important that the vessel look and sound the way we want than the content. It is about the content. It is about what are we filling and what are we pouring out. It's about the content. What you fill the vessel with is more important than what the vessel is. There are many different baptismal fonts and many different styles, but they all are filled with the same holy, blessed water to convey the inward grace of the Holy Spirit. And so it is with ministry. The beauty of the word minister is that it is not feminine or masculine. It is not white or black or brown. It is not a word that is American versus anything else. It is a word that simply encapsulates a person who serves. And every single human being in the entire history of creation is offered to be a minister for the Lord. And we get all caught up in the body. We start thinking, you know, oh, well, I don't know that I want to listen to her. We get all tied up in that when the same apostle Paul says that when Christ comes again in victory and in glory and seats and is seated at the throne in the new Jerusalem, there he shall judge. And on that day, we will not come before him in these bodies. We will come before him in perfect spiritual bodies, impervious to sickness and death and mourning and crying. We will come before him, and according to Jesus, our bodies will be like the angels who are not divided by gender or ethnicity or race or age. Instead, they are united in one singular purpose, and that is to worship and glorify God forever. And that is what it is about. It is not the vessel, but the content. Is it the truth that they speak? Is it the heart of Jesus Christ that is reflected? Because when I come before you, yes, there are times that my experience as an American or my, ta- my experience as someone who lived through the 80s and that horrific fashion statement, as someone who has experienced what it is to be both a daughter and a mother and a sister and a granddaughter, but also someone who knows things that are not predicated upon my gender or my age, like friendship and sin. If I choose to reveal to you something that I think would help to convey the message, it is not because the message is wrapped up in my experience as that, but because the experience can help further the message. And so we make a decision about whether or not we believe this text to be what it has been abused to be. 
The Bible is a tool of liberation, and if you are going to use it to hurt and to hit people down, to tear them down and to keep them out, then you are disgracing the Word of God. And we cannot be those people. We have to be people who look at children like Leah and say, we want you to have it all. We want you to have the entire kingdom from top to bottom for all eternity. Not subject her and any with two X chromosomes like her to a secondary place where you can have this while we enjoy that. That is not what Christ depicts for us. And that is not the kingdom for which Christ died and resurrected. And so our work begins. Are we willing to have the difficult discussion? Are we willing to be equipped so that we can push back against people who'd say, you should walk out right now because it says right there in that text that she should not be speaking. That's your option. You can do that. God will send you someone else to listen to, someone with different footwear, someone with a different sense of humor and a different means of, of preaching the word. But the truth is that God's going to do that anyway. That the ministry is the constant, the vessel is not all of us will come to an end. And if we get so tied up in the vessel, then we lose track of the constancy of God in the message. And we're Methodists. We sing our faith. We're a group of people who are deeply bound into our hymns and our worship songs and our praise. And I'm always thinking about what song would encapsulate for me what I'm trying to convey to you. What is it that would truly hit home with you what it is that I think I'm trying to say and being led by God to preach to you, what is it? And sometimes, I hate to admit it, but sometimes our musical canon fails me. Sometimes it doesn't quite encapsulate what I want to say. But there was a day where I heard a song and it hit me so hard in the heart of Jesus Christ that I thought, that's the song. That's the song that perfectly says, why we shall fight. Why we will battle against small-mindedness that is about narrowing the pathway to the kingdom. And it goes like this. I am not a stranger to the dark. Hide away, they say, we don't want your female parts. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say, no one will love you as you are. But I won't let them break me down to dust. I know that there's a place for us, for we are glorious. When the sharpest words want to cut me down, I'm going to send a flood, I'm going to drown them out. I am brave, I am bruised, I am who I'm meant to be. This is me. Look out, because here I come. And I'm marching on to the beat God drums. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. Whoa, 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 oh, 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 oh. When the sharpest words want to cut us down. We're going to send a flood. We're going to drown them out. This is brave. This is bruised. This is who we're meant to be. This is us. 
And because of God's grace, we are all made glorious. Thanks be to God in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one now and forever. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.